The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live MarketWatch edition. I'm Alessandra Molito, the retirement reporter at MarketWatch, and today joining me is Cindy Hounsel, president of the Women's Institute for a Secure Retirement. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much. It's great to be here with you. So we're going to be talking about a very important topic, one that's very near and dear to my heart as well, about women and retirement security. We hear a lot about how women don't necessarily invest the same as men, or they might not have the same opportunities depending on their career paths or, you know, family situations. So I'm just going to dive right in. Um, Cindy, my first question, when it comes to preparing for retirement, how are women doing? Well, I think it's a snapshot, really. You know, there are women that are doing really well. And then there's the snapshot of the women that earn less than the medium wage, which is less, you know, around $47,000. And that means half of all women earn less than $47,000. So obviously they're not doing as well. And many of them don't have access. But I think for those women that have, um, you know, been able to manage throughout the pandemic, um, you know, they're able, they're able to do really well. And so there are studies sort of showing that. So I think that will be better in the future, because I like to be optimistic about all of this. But I think we have to balance, you know, that there are women on the other side that don't, don't have the same opportunities. Absolutely. Um, so what would you say are some of the greatest challenges that women in particular face when it comes to saving or preparing for retirement? Well, women earn less. Um, and they live longer. And, you know, the statistics all show that they end up not having enough money for retirement, you know, because the longer you live, the more expenses you're going to have. And um, women pay big out-of-pocket costs like throughout, you know, their retirement, um, more, way more than men, because they're more likely to have chronic illnesses and things. So I don't want to, I don't want to get too depressing about all of this, but it's almost like you need more money than you even thought. So if you didn't start like up that, you know, amount of money that you're going to have to save or, you know, to take advantage of. Definitely. And, um, I mean, your income, is, it doesn't just affect your, your day-to-day spending or how much you save. It can also affect Social Security, right? Right. Everything, you know, all, all of that. So then your Social Security benefits are less as well. So I think, I think the, there's one study that just came out, and it was just a study of women investors and how younger women are signing up, you know, to do that sooner, like the age. And I think that's great. Um, except that we're already talking about a group that are investors. I mean, you know, most women don't even like to call themselves investors. You know, it's just not a popular, yes, call me an investor. Um, it's not a popular term that women, you know, think of, I'm not an investor. Um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, someday that will change too, but. Yeah, absolutely. So from your experience, how do women feel about their retirement prospects? Are they comfortable? Are they worried? Well, I think the confidence level has improved 
again, the snapshots, you know what I mean? More women are confident when they do these studies. Um, but confidence doesn't always lead to action. You know, that's the the other thing. Um, women generally sort of worry, like all the, all the um, studies sort of show women are worried about their retirement, even when they don't need to worry, like even when they have enough money. But I think the longer you live, you see things happen to other people. You know, um, women are m- more likely to end up living out their lives alone because their, you know, their spouses um, will die younger. And so people just worry about that, you know? And so, I mean, there was one old study that asked women, you know, if you're worried about becoming a bag woman and there were all these women that had nothing to worry about, but they were all <laughs> worried. So I, I just think it's, you know, it's unknown. That's the, the other piece of it is that if it's unknown, then you, you know, you can worry about the unknown. Yeah. You actually, you touched on a really good point. You know, a lot of women do live longer than than men and longevity is something that I don't think we always think about the impact it could have on our retirement security. Um, could you expand a little bit on just what women should be thinking about or what they should know when it comes to, uh, you know, the long years ahead? Well, I think there needs to be planning. I mean, I find that a lot of times that it, we, we go to a lot of conferences and, you know, someone will come up and say, you know, this is my spouse and, you know, we're planning and what do you think about what we're doing? And I'm not a, an advisor, a certified financial advisor. So, you know, I give general information. Um, you know, that's what Wiser does. We have a lot of great materials and everything. So, so you know, you'll say, well, you know, just make sure you're planning as a couple. And they say, well, what do you mean? It's sort of like, well, if one of you has to live on whatever it is. It could be any one of you, you know, people have accidents every day. So it's like, you know, if you had two salaries coming in and now you only have one, and then as you get older, you're only going to have one social security benefit, you know, whichever one was larger, pretty much is the general um, assessment of that. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it's important for you to think about that because otherwise one person, whoever's left is going to be, you know, in a bit of a bind. Yeah, actually, speaking of financial advisors, I know that at least in the past, I had heard people say that when couples go to speak to a financial advisor, oftentimes um, women, you know, they might take a back seat. That's not always the case. Obviously, every couple is different. But just from you know my own reporting, that's stuff that I had heard. Um, is that something that you've heard also, or, or has that been changing recently? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's interesting. I think that's probably still true, if, depending on who the advisor is. You know, like if the couple is older and you had the advisor for thirty years, and you know the woman, you know, goes to very few of the meetings. But I think more women are really interested in all of this, and I I have a a relative and, you know, who retired and she was telling me how her husband got them a new planner and that, you know, he was very young and he's telling her to do all these things for her children. She said, I've already done stuff for my children for, you know, they're in their forties, so they can take care of themselves right now. I want to spend that money. You know, I, I got an extra bonus when I retired and I wanted, you know, I want to do all these things. So I don't want to be, you know, I want somebody that's going to be able to tell me, you know, what, you know, or asked me what I might want to do. And she said there was no any of that. And so then they started fighting as they were telling me this story. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's true. You know, you need to have somebody that you feel you can talk to. So I think those stories, you know, are true, like what you're saying, but I think they're changing. Yeah. And just, you know, 
from your own perspective, what are what are the challenges or rather what are the consequences when women do take a backseat to the retirement plans and let you know their husbands take care of most of the, the financial management of the household? Yeah, well, I think at some point, you know, the rubber hits the road, as they say. And, you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to know this. You can't just leave it all to someone else. I mean, to put all your eggs in, you know, someone else's basket, you wouldn't turn. Would women today turn over like their paychecks to their spouse? I mean, who does that anymore? But that's the way it used to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think I think it's, you know, knowing that you need to pay attention, women, especially because they have lower financial literacy, you know, just sort of generally. Um, But I think more women are just, you know, I think the pandemic has just really hit people and thinking about, you know, the long term in a different way. So. Absolutely. So I just want to take a minute here and remind the audience uh, to feel free to submit questions. We will be getting to those shortly. Um, Now, Now back to my questions. So you mentioned the pandemic. That is something that has obviously impacted all of us in some shape or form. Um, How have you seen the pandemic affect women's retirement security? Well, for one thing, I mean, women are worse with um, about taking money out of their retirement. Um, And so, you know, the final numbers aren't in on that. I'm sure there'll be lots of studies about that. But, you know, at first glance, there are women are much more likely to spend their retirement money or pull it out and use it um, for what they, you know, what they need, which is always fine if you're going to lose your home or, you know, you have childcare that, you know, is just, you just have to do that. But, you know, it's also good to prepare so that you don't have to, so that you can leave your your retirement money basically untouched. You know, that's what it's there for. And, you know, and a lot of times people don't realize the penalties. So there's that, you know, when people realize there is a penalty and they have to pay tax on it. So it doesn't help, you know, in some ways, um, as much as they thought it would. Yeah, definitely. And um, actually, how do women, generally speaking, how do they approach their investments? I, I hear all the time that women um, and men are not the same. They don't have the same behaviors when it comes to investing. But what have you seen about their approach to retirement savings or investing in general? Yeah, I I mean, I think that's true. I think but part of the problem is that there isn't like a lot of basic knowledge. And I think that's, you know, that's part of the issue. Like, you know, and I've never had it myself, you know what I mean? Like a real, but I picked up, obviously, you know, been doing this for 25 years. So I picked up some tricks, you know, and you know that you, you know, you should start young, tell that to everyone, you know, make sure you start and find an account, find somebody, a counselor, someone who can help you like make those initial decisions, and then you can change them, you know, people get frozen. And so they have their, they're not happy with their investments. Um, you know, there's a, a study that uh, comes out of a, a university in California, and it, it, it um, I, I don't know whether they said it or someone else did, but it's more like the remote control, like the men change all the time. And, you know, they end up paying fees and things. And the women, you know, a lot of times will just stick with the same thing, which doesn't always have to be, you know, a good decision. Um, You know, depends if it's not where you should be and you're missing out on the gains in the stock market, then you shouldn't always leave it, you know, in a cash account, which is also what people do. So but men do that, too. I hear those stories from women, you know, like when. Um, which is why the couples need to talk more, what, whatever couple you're in, you know, you need to know where is that other person got all that retirement money that I think I'm going to be, you know, relying on in the future, like, where is it invested? So, 
Definitely. And another thing that I know the pandemic has been an eye opener for is uh, caregiving. So not even just child care, although at the height of the pandemic, we had parents and kids in the same house and working and going to school, but all from home. Um, also with older loved ones, um, I had heard a lot of people pulling their relatives out of nursing homes and taking that responsibility as well. Um, but historically, I've heard that that is typically a role that women take on and that has impacted their retirement savings in some way or another. Um, is that, is, does that sound about, about right? Definitely. I mean, that's exactly the case. I mean, one of the big issues, and, it, and it's even true internationally, when you sort of look and see what people are asking for in other countries, it's sort of fixing the pay pay gap, the equity, and, you know, a child care like credit of some sort, you know, so that you can at least, if you're taking time away from the workforce, um, I mean, generally, and those statistics because of the pandemic will change, I'm sure too, but, you know, before the pandemic, we would say nine, you know, nine years is the number that women, um, you know, do childcare and elder care. Um, And so that can really impact, you know, your social security benefits and, you know, your 401k or even just taking time out. You know, there are a lot of things that you lose when you leave the workforce, you know, the benefits that you get. Um, So I think, you know, that you end up paying for somehow. Yeah, the benefits, even just it, sometimes it's hard to explain, you know, uh, skills change, things, you know, things keep going uh, when people stay at home. So that makes a lot of sense. So are there any other trends that you've noticed in the last year or two, outside of the pandemic, of course, impacting women and their retirements? Well, I think all the job changing, and I sort of alluded to that because of the women taking the money, you know, like job changing is the one way that, you know, you, it gets stuck in your face because you're going to get a letter and they're going to ask you whether you want to check or, you know, what you want to do with this retirement money that you have. And a lot of times people just say, send me the check. Um, so there's that. And then there's just, you know, the whole child care issue, um, you know, the expense of all of that. And women, you know, working part time or, you know, just doing the things that gives them less money and they were already living, you know, closer to paycheck to paycheck and with no room for, you know, for mistakes or anything. So I think that that's, you know, that's sort of um, magnified it for a lot of working women. But and then not being able for those who need the child care to be able to, you know, even find what they needed so that they can, you know, do that part-time work or whatever they're trying to do. So I think that, you know, that's, that's been a huge burden on so many women. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you, you, we've talked about a, a bunch of the challenges that women face when it comes to saving for retirement, but are there any or proposals that you think could um, really benefit women in this area? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's always a lot of talk that, um, you know, the saver tax credit, if you're familiar with that, you know, which is sort of like on top of if you were getting a match in your 401k, and then, you know, you have uh, the income limits change every year, then you can get another um, tax credit, you know, for, um, you know, for that contribution, which makes a huge difference for 
women. And unfortunately, there's been, you know, a lot of research on this, too, that women don't know about it or they don't pay any attention to it. And it could really help them. So improving that is, is you know, on one of the tops of, you know, of my our list, wiser anyway. And then, you know, the um, there are there are just other credits that women can get that they're not, you know, paying attention to. And then emergency funds. That's the other thing, having access to, you know, to funds um, to to bank accounts or credit unions or, you know, um, mutual fund accounts. People just don't, you know, think about that. And it's not so easily accessible. If you have an account already, then, you know, it makes it easier. You can figure all of that out. But for the people, we have a lot of gig workers, um, you know, that don't have accounts and it's it's just hard to do. So, um, there are bills in Congress now that would try to make that, you know, part of what an employer has to allow you to um, be able to save through, like, you know, your your employer would send your, your um, whatever you um, are saving every month, you know, to, to, into an account. And that, that ends up with a lot of controversy because employers don't want to be responsible, you know, even for just the pass through of the money. So I, I don't hold out a lot of hope that this will happen this year, but you never know. So and then financial literacy bills as well to make that more accessible. Yeah. So uh, that was actually my next question. As far as any of the, the things that you've mentioned or even like proposals around um, caregiving, do you see any promise of of some sort of change in the future? Yeah, I do. I think I think you know it's it's an election year, and I think the the caregiving credit you know is something that's been around for a while, and a lot of people talk about it. And so I think that's you know that's a real possibility. But then again, one never knows. You know, we have the you know the horrible war that's happening right now, and so you know people's priorities change. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a poker game, really. <laughs> it's hard to know. Absolutely. So what are some things that women specifically should be considering when planning for their retirements, aside from the obvious, you know, putting money away for, for their futures? Right. Well, I think they also need to like save more money for their health care. Um, you know, and for all those other things that go wrong. I mean, one of the one of the things that I've had financial planners tell me um, in the past is that um, and they're happy, you know, they'll read some of our materials and they'll then ask their clients, like, is there someone that you will be taking care of in the future? Because you have to start saving for that as well. So, you know, there are just other peripheral issues, um, you know, that that come out of retirement, not just the, you know, not just your 401k, knowing the social security system, you know, what you'll, what you'll um, get out of that and, you know, signing up for an account. That's one thing that if your viewers, you know, haven't done that, um, my social security account is really easy to do. You get a statement and it just sort of feels like you're starting on the road to, you know, paying attention. Yeah. So, uh, Actually, you've mentioned your, you know, your business. Could you talk a little bit about your organization and also other resources that you think women could tap into to expand on their financial literacy or their retirement security? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the problem is that there's no one set formula for anyone. I'm, and we're a nonprofit organization. We run the National Resource Center on Women and Retirement. And so, you know, and you can ask questions through info at wiserwomen.org. 
Um, and, you know, we, we started, I think I mentioned 25 years ago, um, which, you know, there wasn't a lot of information around. Now there's sort of a glut of information. I mean, there's so many different places you could go. But I think just sort of taking one piece of it and figuring out what you have and what you think you're going to need and just opening up a, another account maybe for your emergency savings or whatever. Um, it's just paying attention and doing it. You know, it's sort of like, you know, sometimes we all want to make an appointment and, you know, it takes us like two weeks to actually pick up the phone and do whatever we need to do um, because life is so busy. But, you know, I think you need to do this because once you start, everyone says the same thing. Once they start, they feel really good. Their confidence grows, you know, and they want to learn more and then they build their own knowledge. Yes, I have definitely been guilty of having to make a phone call, like make a doctor's appointment and just holding off. Right. <laughs> um, so let's see, I guess my last question for now, and then I'll, I'll move over to listener questions. Um, this, all of this can seem very overwhelming for anybody, not just a woman, anybody. Right. Um, and like you said, it's just about getting started. So what would you say would be the, you know, the first step that somebody could take to empower themselves and their retirement security for the future? Right. Well, I sort of mentioned the Social Security, my, you know, my Social Security account that because then you'd know and you'd be able to make sure that, you know, they're putting in your the correct numbers for your um, for your earnings. And that's what everything is based on is earnings. So like for the women that stayed out with the pandemic, you know, they're going to have already like, you know, probably six zeros or more, you know. Um, depending on whether they work part time or whatever. So I think there's that. And then see realistically, like how you can open up an emergency savings account and ask other people like, you know, everybody's in a different geographical area. And, you know, if you're in a rural area, it's much harder to like figure that out because it's not like you're seeing in, in the city, you know, you go by places all the time. You mean really in the city, you don't have a lot of excuses because there's so many banks and so, you know, so many different good offers um, from financial companies. So I, I think, you know, it's important to just like take it, get the emergency account. And then when you finish with that, you, if you don't have a retirement account, open up a Roth IRA and wherever you figured out how to do that emergency account is probably, you know, the possibility of doing the, um, the emergency fund. And there are so many apps too. I mean, if you're one of these people that just like loves your phone and there you are, you'll find, you know, I don't want to recommend one over the other, but there are a lot of really good, you know, places where you can put in a small amount. I think that's what people have to feel like it's manageable. You know, can I really afford, you know, $100 a month? Well, no, I can't. So maybe that's 50 or maybe it's 25. Yeah, definitely. So I will move over to listener questions. We have a couple of really good ones. So Bob asked, he says, I'm retired. I provide for my wife other than Social Security all financial support. I've given her a listing of all of my accounts and balances, but is there any more that I can do? I expect my wife to outlive me. Um, no, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty good start already. I think the other thing is, and I'll just say this myself, is that um, I, th I think uh, if you have insurance, you know, like my, I remember when my dad died, he was so before he died, he was so proud of like this insurance, um, you know, that he was getting from his job. And it just turned out that in the fine print, you know, he had turned 70. And so it was only until he was 70. 
you know, it wasn't like throughout his retirement or whatever. So it didn't matter in the end, but it could have mattered, you know, if you're counting on like, oh, there comes that chunk of money and that will really help. So I, I think knowing the small print of really what you have and making sure that there aren't glitches and all of that is really important. Definitely. And Angela asked, as far as, um, you know, policies go, is there anything that women specifically can do to help make change for their retirement security? Make changes? Yeah, make change. I, you know, as far as like, you know, push for push for change um, in their retirement prospects, policies and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the other thing that I didn't mention is that, you know, a lot of older women, because they, you know, they get into their late 80s, they didn't expect to live so long. You know, that's the longevity issue again. Um, and and so I think that, you know, we could have other countries have it. Uh, a bump up like after age 85 where, you know, and it could be means tested, you know, if it's too expensive to give everybody the same thing. Um, but I think that would really help people enormously, women and men, um, because the men, the men also uh, are running out of funds, a lot of them, um, you know, the statistics show, but it's much worse for women because they continue to live longer. Yeah, I know I had actually done um, a project a few years ago looking at how different countries uh, approach retirement. And we can all learn a lot from each other as far as ages and, and programs and incentives and things like that. So it was very interesting to see. Um, Neil asked, how would you recommend getting someone interested in investing in financial literacy? Is there a more interesting place to start? Would it be better to assign someone to mentor them? Yeah, I think definitely find someone who can who can be a really good mentor and get and get you to make that call that, you know, that you haven't made um, and get your stuff in order, your paperwork. I mean, that's one thing that I think that came out of the pandemic is also is so many people that never had a will or, you know, had their papers in order, like started making those, you know, estate plans. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, just a, a side question of my own. Um, do you have any suggestions for how people could talk to their loved ones about these, you know, these ideas such as estate planning with your significant other or even talking to your kids about that sort of stuff and especially the expectations when it comes to caregiving? It's hard. I can tell you that there are a lot of nonprofits that have really and universities that have like studied all the different ways you can try to talk to people and how it is. But, you know, the reality of it is um, it's it's pretty hard. We have something called the financial caregiver hub, which is on our, on our um, homepage, um, the link to it. And we also have a document, which is five questions, you know, to ask your, your, your mother or, you know, your aunt or whomever, you know, you happen to be taking care of, or you need to have that conversation with your dad too. Um, but it's hard. I mean, there's no set formula. I'm saying there's lots of this around, but those, those five questions tell you at least the things that you need to know. Yeah. And uh, Sarah asked, um, when is it appropriate to go to a financial advisor? All this stuff seem, can be really complicated. 
which is great. I, I think at the beginning, I um, I always tell this story and I try to tell it very quickly, but I was at Starbucks a couple of years ago and I, I two of us were diving for a table. It was this young woman. She had this big stack of papers. And I said to her, don't worry, I'm leaving in like five minutes. My friend is coming, blah, blah. So my friend calls and says, you know, she's coming later. And I'm sitting there and she looks at me and she says, I have all this retirement. I take it out every Sunday. I can't fill out the paperwork. I don't know what to do. So I went over it with her, which was really funny since I told her I promised I wouldn't talk to her. And mm -hmm. um, and and she had been missing out for two years on this really good 10% uh, contribution from her employer. She just couldn't sign up. And it was the investment stuff that had her. And I said, look, just do moderate, moderate, moderate. You know, you're... She told me she was 27. I said, you got to get in, you know? So I think that's what's really important for people to take away is just get started. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you just need to do something. And if next week you feel like I don't even want moderate, I want, you know, really conservative investments, change it, you know? Yeah. Actually, is that something that you're seeing? Like, I mean, that was so wonderful of you. And I know that at least in my circle, I talk about finances all the time because that's what I do, you know, for a living. So I'm, I'm more open about it. But are you seeing any sorts of changes around the conversations with money between family, friends, even strangers like yourselves? I, I think with friends, it's becoming, you know, um, easier for women to talk about it. I mean, I've seen studies saying, you know, like from a few years ago that, you know, um, one study said that women would rather talk about death than to talk about money, you know, the actual money <laughs> part of it. And, um, and, and, but I think that's changed, you know, everything else I've seen. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. So, and there are more money clubs around, you know, people trying to get together to talk about it. So. Yeah. So this is actually a comment more so than a question, but I think I have a question to tag to it. So Christine said, a big mistake I see people make is that after the bills are paid at the end of the month and the food is bought, they spend what is left in their checking account instead of socking it away. So um, that's something that I have also seen. My question to you is, um, are there any ways that you can slowly but surely maybe change your behavior and the way that you look at you're spending? Yeah, I think you have to have an automatic savings plan. That's the only thing that's going to make it happen. So, and, and I know even for myself, when, you know, when that happened, um, when I, when I was looking to set up an account, it was the same, you know, it was the same thing. So I, um, I, I just ended up, you know, finally signing up. I thought if it's not today, then when is it ever going to be? So Definitely. So unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today. Um, although, you know, this is a topic that, like I said, is very near and dear to my heart, and I would love to talk about it forever. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here, Cindy. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. Uh, we thank hope you. you no, thanks. <laughs> we hope you listen to our next episode tomorrow. Market Watch will discuss Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the U.S. Thank you again for listening today. Stay safe and have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.